Good evening everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your number one podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. Today's episode we're re-looking at Valhalla, and this time we're looking at the mythology in Valhalla, and how it stays grounded, other than Odyssey which was more flamboyant and a bit out there as you'd say. But to discuss this mythology, I'm not alone. I am joined by Jarrett, who runs the Bleeding Effect podcast. Hello. Um, this podcast was very inspirational to me when I first started, so I'm glad to have you on board. Thank you, Doug. First question. Sorry. How are you enjoying Valhalla? I'm enjoying it pretty well, I think. Um, my first impressions of it are, it like in some ways I am reminded of Origins, or I'm Odyssey, I guess. Uh, as far as like the gameplay style and everything, but it's it's also kind of it's hard when you go into the game because I went into this like feeling like it was going to be like you know just picking up where I left off from uh, Origin or from Odyssey as far as like the gameplay goes, and then lo and behold, like find out that the controls have changed and it's like I don't press the same button to run anymore. Um, it's like I think the striking commands are like the same, but then it's like. Uh, is other stuff just kind of little things kind of throw me off and I'm like I go and try to do this and I like I press a button and I wind up like either wasting my arrows or causing her to jump off a cliff when not intended and it's just like oh no <laughs> but that, that's my normal experience with Assassin's Creed anytime we get like a new game I'm just like gotta relearn these <laughs> it's, I think that's one of the bonuses about the game they're always ever learning ever changing and ever evolving <laughs> but our muscle memory is kind of screwed because we're going from puppeteer to RPG to different controls. Yeah. Um, I think what I like best about the game so far is... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I like I like a lot of things about the game, but I like, you know, that you can change the mounts. I think that was, like, a big thing for, like, a lot of people that were, like, uh, that interested them. Well, I mean, you did get... You did technically get like a bull mount one time for uh for Odyssey, but that's if you pay like the extra uh money for like certain DLC skins and stuff. And it's I I kinda like it better if like people could enjoy like the full scope of the game, like all the extra little additives and everything without having to pay for like more Helix credits and like now you get this or something. I do agree, and stuff like that can get irritating, but I think this is where Valhalla has improved. A lot of the mounts, skin-wise, you don't really need them. You know, it's kind of cool to have your own Mm -hmm. horse. And a lot of the systems in Valhalla doesn't try and capture this big mythology-style look and feel to the outfit. So Valhalla, not Valhalla, Odyssey did try to put mythology in everything. A lot of it's Helix credit items with this big mythological looking suits that make Cassandra or Alexios look godly, mm-hmm. whereas Valhalla tries to keep the suits a bit more realistic looking, and I really think this is one way of how Valhalla is trying to make mythology a bit down to earth. Odyssey is like, Greeks, gods, dress like them, have weapons that look like them, oh, you know, Poseidon, yeah. have his spear and breathe underwater. You know what I mean? It's less in your face i think um because my impressions of odyssey were i i like i think they did 
did in some aspect have they had the history portion for a while at least like starting through like the main gameplay separate of the mythology and stuff but as you go further into the story you do get like your mythology and your stuff tends to mix together it's like once once that cat gets out of the bag that oh i'm descendant from an isu and then it's like then you start sealing then you start seeing more like uh uh like ones who came before uh technology and stuff like hidden throughout and it's like they have those like you know you run into the um the medusa camp and like other monster areas and it's like you defeat them and then you find like one of those little apples of eden it's like oh this was the cause of it all along and then it's it just pretty much you know it it takes over for itself i think with that and then with um like as far as i don't i don't know where we're going with that in valhalla but i haven't seen anything as far as like isu related i've seen like a few mythology things but not too much isu related but and then again it's like all the i don't know if all of the segments with the mythology and odyssey you had to buy dlc but definitely like the fate of atlantis dlc where you're actually in those mythological realms and everything you had to pay for that whereas i feel like in valhalla you they have it more so in the main plot line in some points without uh without having people buy the dlc to go to like the norse realms if that makes sense that makes sense and i was baffled at first because i expected asgard and jotaheim to be a paid dlc Mm -hmm. but to have them in a game as playable areas through grounded methods kind of made you feel a bit more connected to the world and the mythology of vikings because I no longer have to go pay 10 bucks to experience Asgard. I can just go and do a Seer's quest and experience these worlds for free. And it gives that sort of involvement that everyone can do, which is really nice to see. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also interesting. Like it, it makes me think of like the whole aspect is like when you go into history, you go so far back in history, like you see historical records and the mythology and the history are like blended together like you know you go to like old uh if you were to go to like old irish myths and everything or you, you go back into irish history and like and it's like the first kings and it's like a lot of accounts of them have like mythological details and stuff just kind of mixed in with like things that may or may not have actually happened but it's based on like a real person and it seems like um it seems like assassin's creed deals with that with like the whole aspect of like oh this person was the way all the legends portrayed them to be but it was all due to like precursor illusions and stuff and the precursor illusions has been a great way of explaining stories such as king arthur with the sword of eden joan of arc sword of eden odin with the sword of eden and the uh, legendary warrior that pulled the sword out of the tree them stuff was kind of really nice but Valhalla, not Valhalla, Odyssey, which I'm going to compare more because Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla are the only big mythology type games. Mm-hmm. Whereas Odyssey was kind of more like, if it's mythology, it's Isu. The Sphinx, oh, that's an Isu. Mm-hmm. Medusa, that's an Isu. Atlantis, that's an Isu. And it's nice, don't get me wrong. I like the idea of how science can be perceived as magic to those who do not know what science is mm-hmm. but to point a stick and say everything is isu it's kind of a bit gritting on your teeth 
Origins was fair with the um, animus glitches and the potion you took. And I don't mind the DLC having it because that was a bit more grounded. Mm -hmm. And Valhalla, you know, you have the mushrooms and the Seer's Quest. So maybe this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I feel like, well, mainly because we, we're getting all of these uh, these games that were after after syndicate i feel to go back to the origins and everything it's like i do like that they touched on the origins and stuff and that we went back to egypt i was like that's cool but you remember back when before ubisoft was doing that i think they like took polls to see what people were most requesting so like a lot of this stuff that we're getting it's like may not maybe not the areas we go maybe that was like their intention their game plan all along to go with the series but it also seems like things that you get for dlc or mythology almost like a huge percentage of the mythology i feel like uh, as much as it's plot related it is very much like uh it's fan wish fulfillment it's things that they know people are going to want to see and going to want to buy and they're going to try any way they can to slide it in there so that people will uh find it more interesting and it's it's kind of like one of those things it's like yeah a lot of people do appreciate and want to study the history and like you know understand how this brotherhood and every uh of assassins or how this battle would have been fought like in this day and age and everything and so it's like they can have those compelling plots but then like for their sales grabs they gotta go oh you want to play as odin oh you want to um you want to battle thor or something well we can like do that it's like you know kind of i don't know it's it's like you know kind of getting that it's getting that uh it's getting those is getting people involved with things they already know or you know just thinking in general like what do people know about norse realms norse mythology and stuff like what are things that we're going to have to include if we're going to get like our sales numbers up and i feel like that at the end of the day is kind of the goal as and that being said i do respect the series and i love everything they do with it i just feel like that you know in some aspect that's just the reality that some things are put in there really not too much like not too pertinent to the plot but maybe more so just sales points um do you agree disagree i would have to agree mainly with um that approach with odyssey <laughs> because i can't i do enjoy odyssey and i do enjoy the story but as everybody knows greek mythology is the most popular mythology in history <laughs> it inspired a lot of roman mythology i believe and when you think of a Greek game, you immediately think Greek mythology. So I, I kind of expect that when they were talking about doing a Greek game, that they thought, like, we have to put mythology in, we have to do this, we have to have god battles, we have to go to the underworld. But with Valhalla, I think it's different, because from my experiences so far, it feels literal, like historical, and I'm not trying to say mythology is real, but the way the Norse believed in their gods and their beliefs is represented in Valhalla. The way you can eat mushrooms to experience um, illusions that may put you face to face with a god would be realistic in the aspect if a Viking was off foraging for food for the settlement and they ate this mushroom, they could have had an illusion of one of their gods because it's deep in their faith. Drinking uh, a seer's potion, I believe, is something that did happen in history to have those visions so i see valhalla's approach more a realistic approach to mythology uh, mm -hmm. the 
Asgard realms, I, I kind of do side with them. Maybe the money side, you know, <laughs> you can see them. Yeah. But you get to play them, and that's where people are like, ooh, big shiny Asgardian realms. Yay, we'll, we'll get the game. Yeah. Maybe that's fan servicey. But from what I remember in the story so far, how Avar is, it seems this mythology is more rooted into her life and not just a selling point. All right. You you basically took the words out of my mouth. That's 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 what um that's what I was I was coming to think and, and you're you're absolutely right um by saying that I believe because it's like you can do you can include mythology and like in some points you kind of you kind of have to at least touch on it because like you said it's an everyday aspect of like a Viking's life like all these beliefs and everything so it can be tied into the plot very well um and uh, I think for like a few things a lot of things that they do. Uh, with the mythology they find ways they're like okay yes we do want to have this in there because you know it's the most requested thing it's the most twitter buzz or whatever for this game coming out but also we can find ways if we're smart and we take the time to like really write out the plot we can find ways to tie it in so that's pertinent not just it's like slapped on like a bumper sticker like here you go there's uh there's another monster you have to uh, fight and everything i feel like like you said with odyssey and i know they did this like for a while they had like random uh, instances of where you go to like an island and it's DLC and that here's like another mythological monster um, sighting and you get to go fight that and get like an exclusive weapon thing. It's like that wasn't essential to the plot and that was just kind of like another give me maybe another cash grab for them, I guess, just to get people to like keep uh, keep the hype going for uh, Odyssey while they work more on the DLC segments that are coming out later. So I, f- I feel like in some points they started putting in stuff to bridge the gaps between like when they're trying to meet their deadlines for that DLC. Because I think like a whole year passed almost between the game's release and then those DLCs that people were waiting for. They set up a schedule, um, which is interesting because I've noticed, I don't feel like they did, have they done a schedule for Valhalla about like, you know, in this many months we're going to get this DLC and this many months we're going to get this DLC not not as extent we know there is um four seasons um each based on legit seasons so the first one's a yuletide for christmas then there's one in spring summer and fall next year for halloween and then there's just two dlc which is uh the irish one which i think is going to explore celtic myths and the siege of paris wow but it's not as extent as Odyssey, like you said. It seems Odyssey did have a lot about this mythology side, and I think they did tell you. I think they said they were adding another mythological beast in Odyssey, but they never did. I remember. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think this is what I'm kind of happy about, which is why I was so excited to talk about this because I did do an old episode um, a few weeks ago where we talked about mythology in Assassin's Creed and how it can be canon by the idea of accepting that everyone's faith and beliefs inspired mythology. And you can take that, you can run with it, but if you slap a big stick saying, Isu did it, mm-hmm. it legit happened, that's when you ruin the whole threads of reality and fiction. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think... Yeah, I- sorry. So you carry on. Oh, I think what they I think what they were doing is, like, like you're saying... Well, I, you know, once you open the Isu door and you're saying all of these, uh, 
all of these fantasy experiences that were written about in lore were actually experienced, but they were some kind of uh, scientific trick that just kind of opens the gate. And then it's like, um, instead of making it more story-based, like you're saying, they're just like, well, with that being said, anything that we perceive as possible now, we could do really anything and it would just be an illusion. So there's no limit to what we can do and we don't have to explain ourselves why it's in there when this is like a heavy history game. It's just there because we're able to do it. And I think that's where you run into trouble. Like you're saying, that's when it starts to feel like less like plot and more like it, it feels like we jumped out of Assassin's Creed and into um, kind of God of War, where it's just uh, it's a realm of pure fantasy and not so much uh, dealing with historical elements. Um, I, I do agree. And I think they took the words out of my mouth, if I'm honest, but. The best way to approach it is how Valhalla is doing it. You can, I think I talked about this on a Discord server. Thor's hammer, perfect mm-hmm. example. You could say that was a real object used by the Isu, but then you're taking away of what would the need be. So when we look at like the Sword of Eden with Excalibur, you can say that was an Isu artifact because there's a rhyme and there's a reason. So if you, you can find the balance between blaming Isu and not, if there's a scientific reason behind it. So, Pandora's box. It was never explored in Odyssey, but that could have been an Isu... Um, I, I don't know what the word is, but it's like, contains harmful diseases, like a quarantine box. Oh, um, uh, oh gosh. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Well, it could be Isu biological warfare, is what you're saying? Yeah, and that could be, you could say that was an Isu thing because a lot of time when these Isu artifacts create, there was a war going mm-hmm. on. So that's believable. But saying, <laughs> sorry for slandering uh, uh, DLC from Odyssey here, but saying Medusa was an apple of Eden because of a human experiment is good, but where's the rhyme and reason? Yeah, you, you have, you're absolutely right with that. It's like there, there wasn't really one. It's just kind of one of these cool things. And I, I don't know if they got away with that because Odyssey, like just in the title, is like an exploration game, like kind of like, uh, you know, like the real Odyssey with um, what what's his name? Uh, Odysseus. Yeah, the, the real Odyssey with Odysseus. And he just kind of went on all these random missions and everything on his quest to finally get back home. But, you know, you don't have that with Cassandra. I mean, she can fast travel anywhere. She's not stuck at sea and having to like uh, find, you know, come across like a bunch of monsters and battle them to like find her way home and survive the odds she just kind of like goes and explores different areas and this just so happens to be here you know she stumbles upon stuff and it's just more it's just more fun it's more extra things to do for the player um without immersing them in more assassin's creed it's just immersing them in the whole greek uh mythology so and if we take this back to valhalla you can see that when we talk a lot about the mythology, um, I think some of the arguments female Avos had has used mythological references like Helheim. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that's a good way of explaining mythology because it fits right in. One of the very first visions you have, you see the um, slight spoiler, but I know, it, I know I said I wouldn't spoil it, but it's important in this context. You see the um, threads of fate being woven. <laughs> and that was cool because they're not saying 
hey, look, it's the Isu. They're saying that's a legit god weaving the threads of fate, but it's done through a trance-like state. So it's real, it's historical, because it's done through a legit historical method of hallucinations. You, and it's just not a big sticker of, hey, that's an Isu, that's how we're explaining it, carry on with your game. Right. And I think it's as, as funny because like I was, <laughs> I was, um, I was getting before you were saying before you said it. I was getting ready to say something about the the Nornir, the Fates, because um, the ER, you're right. Like as far as like that being, well, it yeah, it's and they did it in a realistic way, in a way that make makes sense for Valhalla and everything. And also, um, but I was I was glad you brought up the Nornir because um, yeah, when you have when you have them involved, they are a part of mythology, but it pertains to the character's own personal plot. And it's like, why are the fates brought into it? Because this character is trying to actively change their destiny and everything. They're a big part of their life and a big part of their belief system. And they're, and therefore they'll play a big role in the game directly. And then she has these, um, well, like, like you said, we're trying to stay away from spoilers, but like when she deals with other um characters from the Norse mythological realm it's like more to do with like aspects of his or her life whichever Ivor you're playing as but it's more to do with like aspects of their life you know and everything they're kind of reflecting on that they're asking uh these deities for guidance in certain situations so it's always always linked back to their storyline and not just dropping them into a mythological realm and sticking a great big isu sticker on it like this is the isu right. deal with it funny if they and, just totally went balls to the wall on like the whole you can do anything because it's isu technology and then stop doing things <laughs> it's like cassandra could be like in whatever uh or yeah if they if they stuck with that you just have like a giant balloon ship just pop out of nowhere and like why are we writing this and then you know the response would be why not like okay i'm down yeah let's let's do it <laughs> Let's have a yeah. Let's have a pool floaty war, um, even though those aren't invented for like millions of years because it's Isu technology. You know how do we get pool flo- How do we get uh, pool floaties, Declan? Well, it's Isu technology. They showed us how to do it, and then we applied that, and now we have it in our world now. <laughs> oh, crikey! I think I would hate. Like I can get over Odyssey doing it. I'm happy with it. It was their niche, but looking at origins quickly where you drank that potion and you saw the serpent and you fought the serpent Mm -hmm. it was jaw dropping it was amazing it was real because it's an hallucinogenic potion so it wasn't just an isu sticker and then to see valhalla have so much norse mythology and references to norse mythology with no isu stickers you kind of feel like you're living in a world that's real yeah you're not going to go out and fa- find Thor chilling on a chair and you can punch him in the face and that's mm-hmm. it. Great big battle with Thor. It's, there's a reason for it. If you're going to be battling Thor, it's because you've chomped down on some mushrooms. Which, I'm pretty sure in real life, if you go chomp down on mushrooms, you might end up fighting something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend right. it, but pretty sure it could happen. Some people do. I don't know what they call them, but they're actual mushroom hunters and they go around like collecting different mushrooms and trying and experiencing them and stuff. So, you know, they could, they could tell you more about that. I've, in fact, I feel like um, 
just to enjoy the game. I won't consult one of them because I'll probably debunk a lot of things. Oh, that's not what that mushroom is going to do. Which actually, I don't know if you can say because each person's body chemistry would relate to it in a different way and you'd have different experiences based on like other things. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, but I just think that, yeah. I, just, I, I was just going to say, I just think it's nice to see that mythology is back. I, I honestly believe that Assassin's Creed should follow mythology mm-hmm. all the way through because mythology is as important as human life as much as religion. You know, so much of the world's history is built on myths. I just think we need to find a balance where it's not just a great big Isu sticker. And I don't know if you agree. Does Valhalla achieve this? Um, really, I'm going to say it's too too early to tell. Mainly because I haven't played all the way through Valhalla and I, I don't know exactly. I could, I could say, yeah, they've done uh, an excellent work like blending the mythology into the story and that could change later on down the line, especially if there's like more DLC coming out that might be more on the nose like fan service or something if they you know for whatever reason decide they need more of this in there to increase sales or something so it's for me it's too early to tell but so far yeah they've they've done that really well and like like um i think i think i was trying to think of a point but i think it was just in the way a reiteration of the fact that it's going to pertain to like the character's life and um oh well it's yeah it's basically you are you are doing what uh, they are doing what they set out to do. They're doing an Assassin's Creed story through a Viking lens, which is going to include those deities and everything. Um, it's it's pretty much, you know, their character is still going to be one of like an Assassin's Creed type character, like one of, you know, your tradi- more traditional assassins and everything, but they're going to experience the same core values and everything that, um, assa- that contribute to the Assassin's... Uh, way of life and way of thinking but only through like a norse lens i feel like that's where they're going with that if that makes sense it does make sense and i like this idea you know i want to explore a world feel lived in and if i eat a mushroom and see a norse god or eat a mushroom and see some seals happily on land i'm not going to complain because i've just eaten a mushroom come on it's normal (laughs) oh but I did want to say, um, so yeah, like to, to piggyback on that, what, what I was saying about like um, having the Assassin's core values, but through a Norse lens, like you can definitely take like the whole Assassin's three tenants, like the stay your blade from the flesh of the innocent and never compromise the brotherhood and hide in plain sight and take those and have like ways that you could get through that, ways that you could introduce that with through the Norse way of life, you know, and everything even though you have like a Viking culture and it's very much about like, you know, you meet your enemy directly on the field of battle. You don't sneak around and like assassinate them and everything. Cause you're very much coming from a culture that's based on like, in order for you to go to a glorious heaven, you have to have a glorious death where you're like no deceptions. You have to fight to the death and die in glory and not in shame by like killing someone in a cowardly or in a sneaky, stealthy way. So, but you know, that being said, I think you could still reach those. Um, I think you could still reach out and like, and find ways to incorporate those tenants in that way of life. As as we have um, one of the characters, not to spoil anything, but one of the characters you'll be introduced to. Should we talk about how the actual Brotherhood, the Hidden Ones, are introduced into Valhalla? 
or that for now? Uh, I'm going to be saving that for another episode because I haven't discovered much about got them it, yet. Got it. So yeah, save save that for another episode. But yeah, I think we'll see more through that. Um, how they're yeah, this is pretty much pertaining to the mythology. We're just talking about the mythology and how that blends in there. But I think that the game is doing well with both of those aspects, both tying it into Assassin's Creed and you know dealing with how you perceive mythology in the realm. On about the point you just made about the tenants, you know, stay the blade from mm-hmm. innocent. It is kind of cool if you think about it from a Norse mythology perspective, as I have a little. When Eivor is sneaky and stabby like an assassin, mm-hmm. she will be technically sending anyone she kills by assassination to Helheim, mm-hmm. which is where you go if you die and it's dishonorable mm-hmm. death. So it's kind of cool to see that if you do go the full assassin route, you're not facing someone in the glory of battle. So if they die in battle, they're going to go to Valhalla. Instead, you're dying, they're dying in their sleep or without their weapon, which can be, in Norse culture, a dishonor. So you practically anyone you assassinate, you're sending them to Helheim. Right. Just because they've died dishonorably. Right. I'd, and I don't know if you're going to go into this in the other episode, but it's like the whole the whole raiding aspect, it's like, I don't know how that plays into Norse religion, but, you know, it's definitely, if you're, if innocents are harmed in that, then you're definitely breaking the Assassin's Creed tenants. Like, whenever you go and you raid uh, a village to go pillage the uh, wealth of that to bring it back to yours, um, that that just doesn't go with the tenants. I don't, I don't know. So maybe... Maybe not so much with the tenants there, but maybe they're going to be introduced at a later point, and you'd, you'd still have to find a way to like get to them around like the the gameplay because the <laughs> the very nature of the game is kind of going to throw some of those tenants into the fire, so to speak. I have noticed by accident. I shot um a civilian in the head, and it did get um you cannot kill civilians; you get desynchronized. Really, in in Valhalla. Yeah, you're not allowed to kill civilians. You get in trouble for it. Oh, well, that's that's good. I mean, at least you know, you retain some of your humanity. <laughs> or, you know, it's... it's which I kind of... Which was one of the aspects that I appreciated about um, Assassin's Creed from the very start. It's, like, forcing you to be humane. Whereas, like, Grand Theft Auto or something, you could just shoot anybody and no penalty. Except maybe the police will come after you. From... I know this is a little off topic, but from my time with Valhalla, you kind of keep to the tenants. I've never been able to kill anyone. I'm very stealthy. And when you first get in settlements, there's a t- two characters, I won't say anything, that are technically innocent. And you kind of just set them free and offer them a job. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows that maybe Eivor just naturally doesn't want to just kill everyone because uh, I've I haven't done any raids yet, because I want to try and raid solo as an assassin, but I think you only attack normal people when you raid and just leave all the monks running around and leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, you attack the um, the Saxon soldiers, um, and it's pretty much like you only attack... It, it only sets you up to attack those who like draw you into battle and everything, and like the whole combat techniques... Other than that, it's like you don't see civilians die. You see them running around and like screaming and like panicking because I mean, obviously, it's 
it's a horrifying scene. It's, you know, especially if you're used to the quiet countryside life outside of a monastery, you're just, uh, yeah, your whole world's literally going up in flames. But it's, it's very traumatic. Even if they're not dying, it's just, it's still, it's traumatizing them without, you know, justification, I guess, except that you're gaining something out of it. We need to get rich. Sorry, that got dark <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> Vikings need to get rich, and if the neighbors won't share, we're gonna have to borrow them. Uh, that's why I'm going for the assassin route, you know, sneak into a monastery, kill all the guards stealthily, raid it. The monks will be happy because they won't know it's missing. Oh yeah, well, Declan, uh, did you watch the uh, Vikings uh, History Channel series? Uh, I have not yet. It's on my list. Okay, it's on my list too. I've I've watched the first eight episodes. But um, and it's like I don't know too much about the history either. But that's kind of why I want to I want to watch. Anytime I try to go into like some kind of history, it's like I I could sit and crack open a book, but I'm very much like a visual learner, and the entertainment aspect like gets me. So it's like I'll watch something that's probably historical fiction, and then educate myself to a degree. And then if that's you know, it's it's probably going to be a skew on the actual history, but. And if that's the case, I'll go and I'll look up and see, did this really happen this way or was this just sold on entertainment value? But it's definitely like a big thing in there. When you talk about like um, you go into the neighbors and uh, you have to raid, like you have to make money and everything like that's really the the whole intention of the raid. And it's not like malicious, like we hate these people or think they're inferior or anything and we want to go wipe them out and take all their stuff. It's more like, you know, sorry, buddy, but I have to. Um, I don't know if they had any situations that might have happened in history that might come up in the game where, you know, they obviously fear the Vikings and they know them by reputation. So to avoid all of that bloodshed and everything, will literally just pay them tribute and not have to be raided or something. I don't know if you get to like that level in Valhalla where it's like your own reputation precedes you and you don't even have to go raid money just comes in through uh, like... <laughs> you know how do you say it without saying like you know your protection tax or whatever it's like yeah you like you know all warlords uh collect like a tithe or something to uh pretty much keep them at bay from attacking someone's village so i don't know if that's going to be a mechanic they're going to introduce or not but i guess that's getting off topic of what we were trying to talk about <laughs> it's all good because anyone who knows this show is I sometimes go off topic anyways, but this is sadly all we have time for tonight. But it's been fun to talk about mythology in Assassin's Creed again, and it's been great to see that mythology in Valhalla is dense, but balanced, and really fun, and I don't think I'm going to get over the fine fact of shouting for Valhalla or stabbing people and imagine them going to Helheim. That's... Mm-hmm. That's not going to get old, because Assassin's Creed believes Viking life and Norse mythology, and it's done in such a balanced way that I would highly recommend it to anyone. So, this is all we've got time for tonight, guys. Uh, I want to thank you, Jarrett, for joining in. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I like I like the way you run your podcast and everything. I think it's really cool that it's... I was, I was nervous coming on, because I was like, I don't want to uh, go and mess up a podcast right now but i think i think you kept it very you kept it together very well and i think that i i enjoyed the format of it i appreciate the way you do the format so the podcast it's more conversational it's more 
easy, more open. I think you have a great show here. Thank you. Well, as you all know, guys, this will not be the last to be seeing Jareth because he dropped a hint about assassins in Valhalla. The more we learn about the assassins in the Brotherhood, the more Jareth's getting dragged along to talk about the Brotherhood in Valhalla. <laughs> so, if he's up for it, are you going to come back and talk the Brotherhood in Valhalla? Absolutely. Yeah, see? So, thank you all for listening. Uh, I just wanted to let you all know that next week's episode will be our first ever book review. Um, it's going to be a couple of episodes because I'm just slowly building up my book collection. So the first book review will be Assassin's Creed Forsaken, where we're going to look at the book and why I would highly recommend you read the book. So thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you all next week. Bye.